You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Now, welcome to a late edition, a nighttime edition of the Tracks Plus Friday Deep Dig. I'm Charlie Winfield. He's Bart Gregory. We are in the Farm Bureau studios on an evening edition. Bart and I just finished up doing a women's basketball game. We rolled in. Normally, you come downtown to Starkville, and I won't say it's quiet on a Friday night, but it is jumping outside tonight. Yeah, what's hopping out there on Main Street tonight? You got a band over Hobie's. You got people walking around. It's unwind downtown. That's a pretty cool event where different people are open uh, and they have the tastings of wine and things of that nature. And so, man, you got people walking all around downtown tonight. I need some wine after sitting through that basketball game we just watched. Mississippi State women's basketball team won. But after the first quarter, it, it was a slog, man. Yeah. It, it was a struggle. But that's not our focus tonight. Our focus is on the Georgia Bulldogs coming to town tomorrow. I can't think of Georgia without thinking of old Larry Munson. Oh, I do too. You know, we had such great broadcasters. But, you know, and I've still got it on my phone. The My God, a freshman. You're talking about Herschel Walker. The thing I remember Ron about Lindsay. yeah, the thing I remember about Larry Munson, like you said, the the sugar falling from the sky, run Lindsay, run, and I think of that era, and you start thinking about broadcasters, and of course that's what we do for a living, and Larry Munson, and then John Ward at Tennessee, and Kay Wood Lefford at at Kentucky, but the thing I always remember about Larry Munson at Georgia is how he used to make fun of how Mr. Crystal dressed. He said, Jack, you are the worst dresser in the SEC. And what's so funny is Munson started out doing the Nashville Sound in baseball, minor league baseball, while Mr. C was doing the Memphis Chicks. And so they knew each other from minor league baseball days. Munson then went to Vanderbilt and then on to Georgia. And so those guys knew each other way before they were Mississippi State and Georgia radio guys. And it's so funny to hear at Claude Felton. I don't know if you know Claude, and Claude is a longtime SID at, at Georgia, one of the most fantastic human beings on the face of the earth. His daughter Robin was over Bulldog Suites for a long time, and so it's uh, it, it's pretty. It's just to hear those guys tell the stories is really cool. All right, Bart, if I may, did you, you and I both did a lot of high school football. And because of that, you know, you have a lot of time in the car traveling around. And every year before my first football game, I would listen to a number of audio clips, kind of like my little my little hype video, okay? <laughs> so I had to get myself in the frame of mind. So I've got a couple here of the old Georgia broadcaster, Larry Munson, that I want to play for you. All right, go ahead. We hear about the Herschel. There's a hole. Five, ten, twelve. He's running over people. Oh, you Herschel Walker. God almighty, he ran right through two men. Herschel ran right over two men. They had him dead away inside the nine. Herschel Walker went 16 yards. He drove right over Orange Church, just driving and running with those big fives. My God, a freshman. 
How great is that? <laughs> so that obviously is one of my favorites. But then the other one that just has to be, if you're going to talk about Larry Munson, the other one that just has to be, Buck Ballou. Got a block behind him. Going to throw in a run. Complete to the 25. To the 30. Lindsey's got 35, 40. Lindsey's got 45, 50. 45, 40. Run, Lindsey. 25, 20, 50, 10, 5. Lindsey's got. Lindsey's got. Lindsey's got. That, of course, the touchdown that put Georgia effectively in the national championship driver's seat. I can't believe it. 92 yards, and Lindsey really got in a foot race. I broke my chair. I came right through a chair. A metal steel chair with about a five-inch cushion. I broke it. The booth came apart. The stadium, well, the stadium fell down. Now they do have to renovate this thing. They'll have to rebuild it now. <laughs> They're my favorite part. I, this, is, this is incredible. You know, this game has always been called the world's greatest cocktail party. Do you know what is going to happen here tonight? And up at St. Simon's and Jekyll Island and all those places where all those dog people have got these condominiums for four days. Man, is there going to be some property destroyed tonight? <laughs> 26 to 21. Dogs on top. We were gone. I gave up. You did too. We were out of it and gone. <laughs> Miracle. I mean, where would you be today? Where would you be tomorrow if Neil Price says, man, is there going to be some property destroyed in the Cotton District tonight? Well, hey, he may say it. In the post game, if we can pull this thing out. Hey, number one teams go down all the time. Why not tomorrow night? Go on. Hey, I'm listening. Hey, so along those lines, you know, he broke the chair. And has Matt ever told you the story about us sitting doing the pregame show on the stage and the chair that I was sitting in broke? You ever heard that story? No. It destroyed. I mean, just right right under me. And I'm, I'm like in the middle of doing the pregame show. This has been 10 years ago. And they have these, they have these plastic chairs, and you know, and I was not as heavy at the time as I am right now. And the first thing I know is my feet are straight up in the air, and I'm laying on the stage. And Matt can't come to his senses; he's laughing so hard. So what did I do? I blamed the nearest person, and you know, who the nearest person was Jason Crowder. Speaking of Crowder, that's a great chair story. We'll get on to Georgia. We were broadcasting in the SEC tournament. And we were sitting there, and so, I mean, Jason's not a tall guy, right? <laughs> and so the scorer's table was kind of high, and somebody brought him a booster. <laughs> brought him a cushion. They brought him an extra cushion to sit on. <laughs> he was so mad. Oh, Mace. Number ones do go down all the time. We talked about that in connection with Alabama, who we played not too many weeks ago. First game I ever attended in the Mississippi Memorial Stadium at the time, later Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium was the 6-3 Alabama game. Mississippi State got the win. This would be, I don't want to be dramatic, but this would be a, this is a beatable Georgia team, but not terribly beatable. When you pull up the statistics and you start looking at what this team is, they're really good in a lot of different areas. It's tough to find a weakness. Only thing I say, well, they don't punt that much. No, they don't. Their so punter hadn't put up many good numbers. No, and... They're without doubt the best team in the country. And we talked about this last week about how Georgia has really solidified themselves. And I know some people in the Midwest are sitting there talking about Ohio State and Michigan. We'll just let them take care of themselves up there. But Georgia has just been good, with the exception of two games against Kent State and Missouri. Those were back-to-back games. 
And that was yeah, their last. been a while. And it's been a while, but that was the last time they played on the road. Now, they've played a home game, uh, played home games, and they've played in Jacksonville. In their last two games, they played in Jacksonville against Florida. They played last week at home against Tennessee in that big one-two matchup over in, in Athens. And so this is the first time in a while they've played away from home. And so you kind of wonder, hey, and it's going to be cold too. I mean, this is going to be the first night that we have, like, cold football weather. Tomorrow the rain's supposed to come through early. The wind's supposed to blow. It's supposed to be near freezing with the wind chill tomorrow night. When what? The, when the sun goes down. Near freezing? Yeah. You didn't know that? Yeah, I mean, you better bring the jacket. I mean, you're kind of cold-blooded as it is. Now, that is true. Yeah. Deadly from three-point range. Absolutely. Yes. But, so, yeah, you better bring the jacket tomorrow night. And so it's going to be chilly. All right. Well, this is probably good a time as any. Yeah, it is. To jump into our three numbers. We'll remind you, by the way, though, that we are in our Farm Bureau studios, as we are every week here in downtown. Beautiful, historic, scenic downtown. Startwell, Mississippi, college town. Mississippi's college town, that's what we say. But it is our Farm Bureau studios, Farm Bureau agents in all 82 counties. And, uh, hey, had a chance to run into a Farm Bureau agent the other day. Hoping to catch up with Henry Hamill tomorrow, talk a little baseball with him, but appreciate everything those guys have done. So, Bart, your three numbers. I got to ask you, though, low to high, high to low. Well, I bet you got, you got pressured. The Twitter movement of Team Low to High got to you. Yeah, people pressured me into it, and I I fell for the peer pressure, and I went low to high. And so right now I'm going to go high to low. And the reason I'm going high to low, I'm going to start with number 35, and that's the percentage amount of times, the percent times that I think we need to blitz against the pass. Now, I know when you call a blitz, you don't know if they're going to run or you're going to pass, but I think when you look at the stats on Sunday and you look at how many times Georgia dropped back, and you figure out how many times we blitzed in those dropbacks, I think it needs to be around 35%. And here's the reason I say that. Last week against Tennessee, Tennessee blitzed 39% of Georgia's passes. Florida Vanderbilt didn't blitz as much, by 25 26%. Auburn didn't blitz hardly at all. Missouri did blitz a lot, 40% of Georgia's passes. So what I, why did I come up with that? Because against Tennessee and Missouri, they did as good a job as anybody has done this year of stopping the Georgia running game, not just the passing game. But here's the main reason. In the last four games, Georgia's offensive line has not given up a hurry, what has given up only five hurries, only five hurries in the last four games in non-blitz situations. So what does that mean? The only way you're getting to Stetson Bennett is if you bring an extra person. And so that's the reason I say 35% of this dropbacks, we have to bring a blitz. Okay, I'm going to have a number that picks up on that theme in a minute. But you want us to bring the blitz. Okay, I'll, I'll go with that. And then had to be a, a you know, sellout and corner blitz every time. It would be just one extra guy. My second number is seven. I'm working my way down, top to bottom. No, second number is seven. And here's the thing. If we want to win this football game, I think we need to be within seven points at halftime. And here's the reason why. Georgia is that quintessential team that likes to come out of the gate and stranglehold you early. They've outscored their opponents 208-41 to 41 in the first half. Last week they were ahead of Tennessee 24-6 to 6 at the half. They went on to win that game with 27-13, and it just felt like it was so much worse. But here's what they do. 
is they get ahead of you. They force you into passing situations, long passing situations. I think we're going to talk about how they're good they are in third downs. And, man, they just hold that lead. They just, just – it's that slow death in the second half. And I think if you're going to win the football game, you got to be close at halftime within seven points. And seven's my second number. I, for one, would like to see us up by 14. Well, I'll take it. Does that count? You're, you're just saying we can't be trailing by more than Yeah, seven. we can't be trailing by 17 points in the first half of this game. We were down in the first half against Alabama. We saw how that played out. We can't have the replay of that. And I think Georgia is better than Alabama. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they are. All right. My third number is zero. We need to hold Georgia's defense to zero points. And <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Come on. No, and the reason I say that is is in big games like this, we're going to throw the ball a lot. Georgia, under Kirby Smart, now in his seventh year, Georgia has kind of made their hay on defensive touchdowns under Kirby Smart. They've scored 100 points, 15, tu- 15 defensive touchdowns under Kirby Smart. They don't have a single defensive point this year. That is a point of pride for Georgia. It's in their media notes. They talk about it in practice every day. That defense is hungry to score points. And this is the game with a cold ball, tip balls in the air. You just can ill afford to give up defensive scores. Okay, I can see that. So those are my three numbers. 35, the percentage of times we need to blitz against the dropbacks. Seven, be within seven points at the half. And if you're going to win this football game, Georgia cannot score an unconventional touchdown, especially on that defensive side. You know, I thought you were going to give me a segue there to talk about our friends at Tracks Plus, but the big word you gave me was unconventional. I don't know that I want to call Tracks Plus unconventional. Well, here's the thing. If you give up points to Georgia's defense, and if you're not within seven points, you're digging yourself a hole. And if you want to dig some holes. Yes, Saney Excavators and Mini Excavators. Our good friends at Trax Plus, now with five locations, three in the state of Mississippi. Got Barco, Rayco with the forestry guys. Those are guys taking down that timber, the mulching heads. If you want to clean up some property. Hey, if you want to get in the game, there's a lot of people right now that are trying to figure out extra ways to, to make some money and, and get into the construction world. I know a lot of guys, who some of these guys are getting into the, the mulching and land clearing business and do a really good job with that. But if you're in the market for that, if you're a municipality and, hey, you want to make sure you get a good bang for your buck, motor graders from Saney. I mean, just it's amazing what those guys are doing down there right now. It means more at Trax Plus because they're a small company and every sale just means a lot to them. And that's one of the reasons that they have grown very big in the southeast and one of the great, one of the big used equipment dealers in the south as well. So our Trax Plus deep dig. All right, so time for me to take a look at my three numbers. And as I do so, Bart, I'm going to honor Team Low to High here tonight with my progression. My first number, this relates to what you said about blitzing, I think. Although I don't really care the how or the why, I think here's what I would like to see happen. I'd like to see us have two sacks. And you say, wait a minute, that's going to be tough to do. This is a team in Georgia that's allowed seven all year. When you dig into those grades, you know how many they put on the offensive line? One. Really? One. This is a team that protects the quarterback and so I think then you say well you're asking to do something that other people can't do yeah because I'm asking us to win against Georgia which is something other people haven't done And if we're going to win the script's got to get changed a little bit 
I think we got to find a way to get to the quarterback. Now, do I really – that number to me isn't so important as what it represents. And what it represents to me is getting to the quarterback. I don't care. I'll trade pressures for sacks, what have you. But I think we have to be somewhat disruptive. It's going to be difficult to do. Two sacks is my first number. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of what I was saying. I was I was trying to give you a way to get there. And you're saying, hey, we just need to get there. And some, hey, just just pound him a little bit, hit him a little bit. That's the big thing because right now Stetson Bennett, I mean, he's pretty much been wearing a yellow jersey all year. And that had to wash his uniform. No. I mean, it's, it's been unbelievable. So, two, my first number. My second number is three. And I'm going to prepare for incoming fire from you when I say this. We need three Georgia turnovers if we're going to win this football game. And here's why I say this. All year long, Georgia's only thrown three interceptions. They have fumbled. They've actually lost eight fumbles. They've fumbled more than that, but they've lost eight fumbles, 11 turnovers. And you say, all right, again, you're asking a lot, but here's what else I know about Georgia. You pick an offensive number in our conference, and they're first or second. They're averaging 7.1 plays per game, excuse me, yards per play, 7.1 yards per play. They are averaging over 500 yards of offense. They're one of the best scoring. They have more rushing touchdowns. Pick one. There they are. Something You're not going to stop them, when so it, you need something to happen. And it goes back to how, how did Missouri almost pull off the upset against Georgia? Turnovers. Turnovers. Georgia turned the ball over in the first half. Missouri found itself out in front, and Georgia couldn't do anything. It was one of those nights where it just seemed like everything that you try to do doesn't work until late in the game, and that's when Georgia was able to come back and win 26-22. But I agree with you, Charlie. I think coming over here is on a cold night, first time you've been on the road in a while. I mean, for us to win this game, Georgia is going to have to turn the football over. All right, so two my first number, three my second number, my third number, 50. It's a conversion percentage on third down for us. Ooh, that's asking a lot right there. Georgia has the best third down defense in the Southeastern Conference. Opponents convert 27.2% of the time on third down. Again, th- look, the other thing Georgia does a really good job, they don't allow they, – they allow fewer long plays from scrimmage than anybody else in the league. So it doesn't matter – how much we say, boy, we got to really push the ball. Boy, we got to throw down field. You either are going to have to do that and live with some interceptions, live with some turnovers, and just, you know, kind of rear up. And, you know, they call the play six in in this scheme. It basically just means everybody go deep. Yeah. We're just got to keep running six and run the verticals, hope somebody connects, or we got to sustain drives. Well, the thing you can't do is you can't give up any sacks on first down. You can't have any holding calls. You can't have any illegal procedures. You can't be behind the chains with a sponge. You can't be third down and 12. You cannot be third and 12. Or you're going to have a very long night. This is the night. And what hurt us, you know, what's hurt us against Alabama, what hurt us against Kentucky is, you know, doing it to ourselves. This is, this is going to be a game. Now, those teams caused that. But this is a game where you can ill afford to raise up in your stance if you're an offensive lineman. You can't have an illegal snap. You know, hey, give Laquiston Sharp credit. That ball rolled out of his hand, and he tried to snap it, it up, twice. Do it again. <laughs> snap it twice. You can't have the undoing with your offensive line in this game. You just can ill afford to be third down, and you can't be third down and seven. You can't be third down and nine, much less third and twelve. No, and so ultimately, those are my numbers: two, three, and fifty. Again, I would trade if you want to tell me, hey, I'm going to give you 10 plays 
over 15 yards, I might make a trade here, but I just don't see us doing that. We're we're not going to change our stripes overnight. We're not going to be something we haven't been all year. Maybe I suppose it's possible, but you will see one surprise Charlie Winfield on Sunday morning if we come in here going, you know, the old L.A. Chargers back in the Dan Fouts days, you know, where every play was designed to be an assault on the end zone. That, that's not us, right? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. But, hey, if we did Air it. Coriel and all that. Yeah, but if we did that, it would be a Sunday coffee to remember. I can tell you that. All right, those are three numbers brought to you by our friends at Tracks Plus. What have we got now? The two two players that can smoke you? Two players that can smoke you. Two players that can smoke you. My, my two players, one is on the defensive side, number 29. Cornerback, safety, defensive back, Chris Smith. And Chris Smith, here's the thing about Chris Smith. His numbers just don't jump off the table at you. I mean, he's got 26 tackles on the season, which is you know high as far as the number of tackles that the team that uh, Georgia's defense has, which is fourth best on the team. The thing, he's got really good numbers from a target reception standpoint. Teams have targeted him 18, 18 times, and receivers have caught 10 out of the 18 passes. He doesn't have numbers that just jump off the table at you, but he's just solid. He's just a dude back there. He's a fifth-year guy. He's a midseason All-American, and he is just a dude in the secondary. And so that's one of the guys. I want to see what he does in this game, number 29. Be on the watch for him. He is just a solid player. Okay. And who's your second player? Second one's Dejon Edwards. He's a running back, number 30. Here's the thing about Dejon Edwards. Why am I not impressed by Georgia running backs? Just nobody moves me. Well, They're good. I mean, they got more rushing touchdowns than anybody. They're, Am I just am I not doing my research, or is there just not like a marquee guy over there? Well, and you know, you, you think about Pickens a couple of years ago that burned us some wide receivers. I mean, the wide receivers don't you, you just wow you as well. They're just a good, solid football team. The thing about Edwards, though, is over the last couple of games, you now the first few games of the season, they kind of spread him around a little bit. He'd run left, he'd run right, but over the last two games, he has been very successful. We talked last year about NC State being left-handed heavy. Over the last two games, 17 of his 28 runs have been at right tackle or around the end. And so they try to get Edwards stretch plays to the right side. And so watch him around that tight end area on the right side of the line. But Dejon Edwards is a guy you think George is going to try to establish to run in this game, try to you know, try to shorten it a little bit, but uh, he's the guy to watch for, and that's Dejon Edwards. Do they not use him enough? I don't think they do. I mean, you start looking at some of these games, they run him 12 times, sometimes 15 times, sometimes 16 times a game, and you just kind of wonder why he's they're averaging less than 10. Now, if you look at, though, McIntosh averaging, well, he's got 79 carries this year. Edwards not credited with a start this year, 87 carries. Yeah. So don't use him much out of the passing game. He's got single-digit receptions. All right, so that's a, a look, though, at your two guys. My two players are both on the defensive side, and they're both in the secondary. The first is Javon Bullard, number 22, not a big guy, 5'11", 180. They list him as a cornerback, but he basically plays in the slot. He's only started five games, but listen to what he's done. He's been targeted 22 times. He's allowed only 52 yards of receptions. 22 times they've thrown at him, Mm. only 52 yards. He has four and a half tackles for a loss, three pass breakups. He's only missed three tackles all year, and he hasn't committed a penalty. You worry against a team like Georgia, how much can you do out wide on these guys? The middle is going to be tough. And I think back to the trouble we've had 
you take away the middle on us. Gets uh, you know, gets makes life tough, right? Yeah, and, that, and that's been the kryptonite. I mean, that has been the kryptonite. LSU, Kentucky, Alabama, all three common things is their safeties have just beat our inside receivers. And so, watch out for number twenty-two, Javon Bullard. He's a, a guy that could smoke us. Also in the secondary, number twenty-four, Malachi Starks. This guy's a freshman, Jefferson, Georgia. Here's the thing about this guy. He plays most of his snaps at free safety. He's the guy that's going to be sitting back there playing center field on you, kind of reading the eyes of the quarterback, figuring out where to go. So he scares you from that standpoint. But he has played more snaps for Georgia than any other player on their team this year. And when you look at his grades defensively, he's been exceptional in run defense. He is an outstanding tackler and his coverage grades are always respectable. With the exception of the Kent State game, he just hasn't had a bad game. He played very well last week against Tennessee, had nine tackles and an assist in the ball game. The other thing he had, some tackles are different, right? Sometimes you get credit for a tackle that you're 10 yards down the field. You just happen to be the guy that cleaned up the mess. He, of his nine solos, three of them were credited as stops, which basically are a winning play for the defense. And when you think of a guy who's lining up 10 yards off the line of scrimmage, to get up there and make a third of your tackle stops, yeah, that's a guy that's got some he's got some football skill. Yeah, he's got some football skill, and then he understands the reads. He reads it quickly and gets up to the line. And so those are two players that can smoke you by two brothers smoked meats. Two brothers – Hey, man, you talk about a great place to watch a game, great place to tailgate tomorrow, or if you have the tailgate out in the junction to order some of those wings, those smoke wings, you just can't beat the good food. It's just good, solid food. At Two Brothers Smoked Meats, it's really become one of my favorite places to go in town. All right, Bart, time for just, um, you know, we said one more thing, just another minute or so. Yeah. How about that? Maybe that's what we ought to call this. Just a minute or another so. Another minute or Two. A minute or two. Hey, one of the things that strikes me about the state of Georgia, did you know that one of the biggest deposits of marble is in Tate, Georgia, Pickens County? And Abraham Lincoln in the Lincoln Memorial is carved out of white marble from the state of Georgia, from Pickens County, Georgia. And so that's one of the things that stands out to me. You look around a lot of state houses around the country. The U.S. Capitol has some marble that comes from the state of Georgia, just north of Atlanta, up in Pickens County. That's one of the things that stands out to me. Okay. Also, Coca-Cola, which you have the Coca-Cola Museum over in Atlanta. Coca-Cola was, of course, invented in the state of Georgia and by a pharmacist, but it was first bottled in Vicksburg, Mississippi. All right. So, you know, when I think of when I think of Athens, I have a tough time of not thinking about the music scene in Athens. The B-52s, remember this one? This is the one that if you got a karaoke night going at a Mexican restaurant, so this was a little Rome if you want to from the B-52s. That of course one of the Athens music scene people. Of course, the biggest, though, I would have to say is probably these R- guys. Yeah, REM. Now, widespread panic associated with Athens, but I think I Athens, took you for a widespread guy. Are you not a widespread guy? 
Well, I haven't adopted the the widespread lifestyle. You haven't? That's what you're getting at. Um, I remember we had widespread in the hump one time, and you could smell the widespread concert for the next two weeks. That and Bob Dylan were the two that I remember. We had Bob Dylan here? Yeah, we had Bob Dylan here. There's no way. Yeah, we did. Okay, I missed that. This was old Bob Dylan, too. This was probably, you know, 20 years ago, so. So the other thing about George, I have two other things about. Are you familiar with the uh, city of Helen? Yes, I am. It's a German descent or German type of town. Is that right? Yeah, this town looks like a Bavarian town in the Alps. And what happened, because I passed through there on my way back home from somewhere up in the mountains, and I was like, what has happened? It looks like I've walked into a different country. It was almost like Disney-like how well it was done, but apparently... It was platted in 1912. It was a logging town, and it was in decline, and it resurrected itself by becoming a replica of a Bavarian alpine town in the Appalachians instead of the Alps. So that's my Georgia fact. I have one other, and that is that Springer Mountain is located in Georgia. Springer Mountain is the southern terminus of the Appalachian Trail, which runs all the way up to Maine, Nobody knows. I shouldn't say nobody knows. There's disagreement or a lack of understanding about who Springer Mountain was named for. They have a couple of different theories. Might have been a preacher. Might have been an early settler. They don't really know. Did you know that you could hike from Amicalola State Park to Springer Mountain? It's almost like the head of the Appalachian Trail to get there to start your your hike. I've gone to Amicalola State Park before, which is between Ellijay and... What's the city that North Georgia's in? Dahlonega. Okay. Yeah. Hey, did you know that Georgia is one of the oldest? Did you know that Georgia is the oldest state-sponsored school in the country? They started Georgia on paper in 1785, but it was only on paper for the first 16 years of its, of its existence. They didn't have a class until like 1801. Wait. It's going to take a deep dive into that one. Somebody, like, just reserved a line in the budget books? or Yeah, pretty much. That's what they did. They just kind of stood, staked their claim to, we're going to have a University of Georgia. Okay. Well, yeah, there you why go. wouldn't you? All right, so that's a look at this ball game part. Um, look, great moments are born from great opportunity, and that's what we have here today. You've worn that line That's what out. we've earned here today. It's going to be chilly tomorrow night. And everybody's going to be ecstatic. Played them ten times. We might win one. Hey, let me tell you this. But not this time. When we do it. Not this game. Do not rush the field. Act like we've been here before. Okay. Well, I might can go with you on the first thing. I can promise you, though, (laughs) if we win tomorrow, you turn into the post game, I will not be acting like we've been there before. (laughs) Oh, no. The post game will be fantastic. (laughs) All right. So, that's a look at uh, this Georgia football team, this Mississippi State game. Hey, real quick, if Mississippi State wins this game tomorrow in the postgame show, we will be talking about the great play of? Well, it's going to have to be Will, Will Rogers. Going to have to be Will Rogers. If we win this football game, it's, it's going to be a guy who throws the ball all over the field and just has one of those nights. All right, I'm going to, because I'm not going to take the easy, I'm going to say Tulu. Yeah. And not, because they're not going to give him chances. Not in the return game. Wide receiver screens, man. Is that what you're saying? They're going to overplay the screens, and Tulu's going to run the tunnel, and he's not going to stop until he reaches the new carpet that's covering the concrete in front of the South Loges now. Do we? Yes. Okay. No more slips and slides, man. I'm telling you. 
Got hey, carpet down there. Don't say we're not responsive yes, around sir. here. All right, that's a look, and we'll be back Sunday. Bart will be happy and maybe really happy. We'll see. Thanks for hanging out.